Fun. Thought about the shot. Leaves it for Sarathon now with McKinnon wanting it far side. McKinnon works it. Puck loose still. Where is it? And referee keeps the play going. McFun and backhander. She scores. After yesterday, Graham Thomas wanted more from this power play, and they've got it. McFadden is the referee, let the play go, got the backhander in front. And UBC, after coming from behind minutes ago, lead 2-1 with 5.44 to go. Hey everybody, it's Jacob Eric and Jake of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC sports news standings and stories. Who doesn't love a good underdog or comeback story? In that game, what you just heard there, that soundbite, was Ashley McFadden doing just that. She scored the second goal of the game this past Saturday for UBC women's hockey. And that was the score that ended up leading them to a 2-1 victory against what was the number one ranked Manitoba Bison squad. Overall, this past week had quite a few less games than we've been used to around here at CITR Sports. Football and soccer seasons are both officially over in pretty poor ways, if I can say that. Uh, so they're off the ledger. And then also baseball and golf are now on hold until spring. It really just leaves the three core sports of volleyball, basketball, and hockey here at UBC. Of course, we do have a few other games through rugby and an odd tournament here or there from swimming. But those three big sports that did play this weekend, they did not fail to impress. Women's volleyball won both their games, while the men's team received a much-needed bye week after just a 1-7 beginning to the Canada West season. Meanwhile, hockey showed up for war against the number one ranked Manitoba Bisons. They collectively took three of four in the series. The men's did have a bit of a worse outcome, though, than the women's side. Basketball also took three of four from Thompson Rivers on UBC's home court. Additionally, men's rugby squashed their opponent, uh, and now they're on their way and underway at the Canadian University Men's Rugby Championships. Began today at noon. The um, the hockey, as you mentioned, the... Um Definitely a big turnaround um, for the men's team, and the women's team continue to roll. Um, women's hockey ended the weekend on a high note, but unfortunately they did uh, yet again surrender a, leap, a late lead. Uh, the defending national champions were in town this weekend to take on the Thunderbirds, but it was the hosts who got in front early, as Brie Belrive potted her third of the season just four minutes of the game to put UBC in front. The Birds went on to double their lead before the opening period expired, as Celine Tardif provided some much-needed blue line scoring. Haven't been getting a lot of that lately. Uh, the game quieted down in the second, but with the game on the light in line in the third, the champs went to work. Conference leading scorer Jordan Zacharias, and she's a big reason that this team is so incredible, uh, got her sixth of the season about halfway through the, the frame, and Erica Reeder scored with just two and a half minutes to play. Full two-minute power play in overtime, the Thunderbirds had, and they didn't convert, they, which you have to do that. Um, and they missed both of their shootout attempts, and the uh, Bisons converted both of theirs to hand Manitoba the win. And this was a huge letdown for UBC. It's a game they could have easily won, gave up the tying goal less than three minutes to play, which hurt, and then failed to score on that full power play in overtime hurts even more. This game shouldn't have gone to a shootout, much less ended with a UBC loss. And looking at shootouts this season, this is actually their second one that they've now had. Both times they failed to record even a single, or score rather, a single attempt Expect a lot of breakaway <laughs> drills in practice, they, I think, to say the least. They won't mind. Uh, breakaway drills are fun. <laughs> if, if, you're, if your coach was uh, ever going like, oh, you know what, guys? We're going to do breakaways today. Everyone just be like, oh, yeah. This well, is going to be a good I don't practice. know how fun it will be if for the second time they did. I mean, we see later in the weekend, the night after, they did pull off crazy win. But 
still, when you're losing because of because of that facet of your game, I don't know if the coach is going to be too light on it. Maybe not. Uh, UBC uh, also went over three in the power play in this game. Uh, not egregious. Generally, you score one and five, so over three isn't the worst thing. Um, but a game like this, where you know there's like it's such fine lines, uh, and you it, had, against the, the number one, you only get right exactly chances. You had a and you had a chance to knock off the top team in the country or in the in the province at least in the in the conference. conference. Um, certainly one of the top teams in the con- uh, country, though they're incredible. Um, and you had one of those chances in overtime. Uh, with the, you get the four on three, it's a little bit easier to score with the more open ice, and you still don't. Um, that's the difference between losing and winning in one of these games, and you you really hope to convert on those power play uh, opportunities. Thankfully, though, Saturday was different for them. Saturday, uh, definitely a better game. Um, the Thunderbirds rebounded with an incredible defensive performance in this game. They only allowed twelve shots on goal. Only one of those found the way uh, found its way through. Unassisted first period marker from Natasha Kostenko. The Thunderbirds pushed hard, shot after shot, and they eventually did break through halfway through the final period as Emily Castales wired a one-timer for her for the season. She's having a great year so far. Less than five minutes later, the Thunderbirds got a power play advantage, and this time they did manage to score, as you heard earlier at the top of the show. Um, chaos in front of the net. Uh, McFadden sort of just like backhanded like a floater. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't the nicest goal. It wasn't a pretty right, goal, and, but and you take it. And the Manitoba side, you, what you couldn't see, but what you did hear, there was actually a lot of debate on the ice from the Manitoba players afterward whether the play should have been whistled dead because right. the puck was right under... The, it was, I don't want to say it was under the goalie because then it should have been whistled dead, but mm. it was around that <laughs> you area. You don't want to make any controversial Right, statements. but it was definitely a, a lot of the Manitoba side was arguing or at least discussing the play afterwards <laughs> with the officials. <laughs> I think you got to let them play. Um, it, it wasn't underneath there for too long if it was there. so It I was kind of in that gray area. Yeah, you, you give it a few seconds and they were able to dig it out and score. And that's just a, that's just a good uh, you know bump and grind hockey play. They went over three on the power play Friday. They went one for two on Saturday. That's one for five overall, which you told that's us earlier stat. is that's the average. 20%. That's uh, all you need. So at least they were able to come off with one big victory against what is a powerhouse in Manitoba. And Absolutely. score could have been a lot more lopsided than it was considering the Thunderbirds outshot them 31 to 12. Not at often you only, not often you'd expect to win by just one goal when the shot differential is that crazy, but I guess the Thunderbirds will take it in the end. Yeah, they'll definitely take it. Um, with the victory over the formerly first place Bisons, they actually got knocked out of first place with this loss. Go Birds. Um, as the as the Alberta Pandas, it is Pandas. It's the, the Pandas. I don't know why they do that. Well, the Alberta <laughs> Pandas are now in first place in Canada West. Um, the Thunderbirds are now just one game back, just uh, three points, one win away from that uh Maybe let's stir, let's stir some controversy. Let's start calling them the Golden Pandas. The Golden Pandas. <laughs> For both, both their teams. Let's mix their names. Yeah, yeah there okay. you go. Okay, yeah, sure. both, both teams, Golden Pandas. Uh, the Thunderbirds will look to close the gap on the Golden Pandas next week when they visit the Regina Cougars for a pair of games. Thank you for picking up on that. Absolutely. Uh, after a rough weekend against the conference leaders, the men's team visited the Peg to take on the two nine and one Manitoba Bisons. They are not having they're having a bit of a rough go. Uh, with the team on a three game losing streak, a big weekend was needed to right the ship because um, there's just one more week of play before the break after after this weekend. 2018's coming to a close pretty soon. Yeah, sort of snuck up on you. Eh? Uh, things did not start well for the Thunderbirds in this game as Zach Franco scored midway through the first to put the last place Bisons in front. After what we can only assume to be a very animated team talk at the intermission, uh, the Birds came flying out of the gate in the second. They generated 15 shots in just one period. Matt, that was more than the Bisons scored uh, in the women's game, uh, that women's game on Saturday, all, all game. Uh, Matt Revel scored just 90 seconds in to tie it up, and Carter Popoff scored the go-ahead marker less than three minutes later. 
the teams traded goals twice in the final period, and a Josh Connolly power play goal uh, got the Birds to, uh, they gave him the lead. With less than three minutes in regulation, they would go on to win it 4-3. Head coach Boudichon was impressed with the quick turnaround in the second period, especially with their shot generation. He said, we had 15 shots on net, probably 10 from the middle of ice, lots of Lots from right in front of the goalie, which means, you know, you're getting the puck to important areas. You like to go into the advanced stats, but it's really the opportunities that are created. And then the shots on net come secondary, secondary I, to that. I mean, I can get you some advanced stats, <laughs> uh, advanced stats about um, where you shoot it from on the ice. And like there's that's a lot of the advanced stats community is into like where you shoot from. Right. Like, what percentage? Like, bring, whether, bring it to, whether next, that's a bring it to next show. Shot. I don't know if the data is available at this level. Hey, but you got to crunch it, it yourself sometimes. <laughs> Watch the game. Film. Watch the game. Watch the whole game, and just do it. <laughs> yeah, this was a, this is another UBC win where they had quite a few more shots than the opposition, thirty-five twenty-five. But again, squeaked out just a one-goal win. Hopefully, they can uh, both teams can start translating these big uh, shot differentials into com- more comfortable victories. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in the second game, start was even colder for UBC, so. Uh, Maybe the first periods need some need some work from this team. Probably another very animated team talk, very colorful language probably being used by by uh, Mr. Boot and Sean there. Um, it did seem to turn the tides though. Does he again. have a reputation for having a mouth? Well, no, but he's a well, he's a hockey. He's coach. a hockey player. Every hockey coach, I guarantee you, has a mouth on him. Uh, <laughs> um, Paul Maurice being one of the uh, worst defenders, uh, as we know, but. Um, that it did seem to turn the tides again. The Birds scored three unanswered in the second to take the lead. Uh, Jeremy Leipzig, uh, brother of local Vancouver Canucks forward Brendan Leipzig, as um, as Jake pointed out for me before the show, uh, tied the game, sent it to overtime. But Josh Connolly, the previous night's hero, was able to get it done again in double overtime after scoring the game winner yesterday. And the Birds again took it 4-3. And how about Maxwell James, the rookie forward from WHL's Tri-City Americans? He made his mark in this game with two of those crucial three-second period second period goals he seems to be a really good pickup for this UBC side and Thunderbirds definitely not happy they have to do another comeback in this game after another terrible third uh first period against this not very good two nine and one uh, Manitoba game yeah Budenchon seems to be uh 11 and one is it well I think it's two nine and one now now uh yeah they definitely got a good motivator on the bench it seems with (laughs) Budenchon and his first period intermission team talks though so it's worked out but you can't keep falling down well, early every as, game. As Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Babcock, uh, coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, likes to say, you got to start on time. <laughs> if you don't start on time, you're not going to win <laughs> hockey games. So uh, <laughs> That was the best impression. <laughs> Steve Steve Dangle does a little bit better than me. But, See, maybe uh, you could do this with Bouchon. Bouchon? And then we could have some, <laughs> like, in, like, almost be go. into his mind. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to, like, paint the picture for you <laughs> what one of these team talks looks like. Um, but you got to start on time. It's be- best not to have to scramble the makeup ground in the second uh, they did scra- scrape out a couple 4-3 wins, but uh, you'd expect better against a basement team like the Bisons. Now moving on to basketball, as has been the case every week so far this season, the women's team split their two-game series this time against Thompson Rivers. They dropped the first game 73-61, to the Wolfpack outscoring them 20-12 to in the third quarter to take a lead the Thunderbirds couldn't get close to. Madison Penn had 21 points and 9 rebounds, Keelan Fulowich put up 12-8, and and Madison Legault recorded her first career double-double with a career-high 10 points along with 10 rebounds. Yeah, so the Wolfpack were 0-4 coming into this game. Uh, so, you know, again, again, the Thunderbirds have been struggled against, uh, you know, opposition that isn't doing too well. Um, they've got to be frustrated with this game. Um, the three-point line, though, I mean, TRU 12 for 24, UBC. Which was two- uh, super uncharacteristic of the oh, team. Oh, no, 50% Jake, Jake from the Jake and I line. were calling this game, <laughs> and I remember I was doing the play-by-play, and I was like, 
I was looking at their stats. What was it on the season? Twenty two percent from three. Thirty yeah, percent from the field coming into the game 30% for TRU. From the field. Yeah. And they oh, increased man. their field from their field shot percentage from behind the arc twenty percent. Like that's not yeah. even their total field goal percentage. Yeah, I mean fifty percent from from uh, three point land is pretty pretty good, especially on you, that high volume. Absolutely, yeah. Twenty four shots make half of them, and UPC only got two out of their fourteen attempts, which is not good. Thunderbirds also had an unbalanced attack shot distribution. Penn scored twenty one points. She did on seven from twenty two shooting though, while Filowich only shot the ball nine times. Jess Hansen did score seven points, but on just three from thirteen shooting, they need to be. Much more efficient, especially with her as a third weapon on this team. The Thunderbirds did manage to regroup, however, and they laid the smackdown on the Wolfpack on Saturday, cruising to a 78-43 to victory. Filowich and Penn both double-doubled. Filowich with 18 points and 10 rebounds. Penn with 17 points, 15 rebounds and 4 blocks. And Hanson Legault also scored in double figures with 13 and 10 points, respectively. Big bounce-back night for the Thunderbirds. UBC outscored TRU 21-8 to in the first quarter, and they didn't let them... To really get anything going offensively, they didn't score more than 13 in a single quarter. Thompson Rivers, that is. And it was a much more efficient all-around night for the Thunderbirds. They shot 41% from the field, 33% from three, and even 75% from the free throw line. Another stat that they've personally struggled with all season, which really has been one of their great weaknesses so far. Yeah, absolutely. Thunderbirds from uh, from the charity stripe not been historically great, like last season no, as well. No, men and last women's season, both. Exactly, yeah. Last season they were brutal. Um, so Struggled, 75% is least. definitely an improvement. Um, rebounding, definitely not a problem for this team, uh, which actually reminds me a lot of the Douglas College Royals uh, women's basketball team. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to my other, Eric's other job. My other job. Um, <laughs> I run the social for those guys. They also not super great from, uh, from the uh, free throw line or from the three-point line for sure. But amazing on the glass, just like this UBC team. They crushed TRU on the glass, uh, 54-34. Um, and 24 of those were offensive boards, which is Thanks pretty impressive. in large part to Keelan Filowich. Maybe not this game. She did put up some good numbers. But overall this season, she's been a monster for offensive mm-hmm. rebounds. If you haven't checked our interview yet with her, check it out. It's in our archives on CITR.ca. Search Thunderbird Eye. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, one thing to keep an eye on moving forwards is Kate Johnson. Second-year transfer uh, started off hot. Um, but less than 25 minutes in these games, and um, not great. Uh, one for three on Friday and one for eight uh, from the field on Saturday. That's that's uh, got to hurt. But um, I think she she did well in the start of the season. I think she can get back to that level pretty easily. Now, the men's team, they did not have any issues putting away the Wolfpack as they swept TRU with back-to-back commanding victories. On Friday, the game was tied 32-32 to at halftime, but the Thunderbirds exploded with a 56-28 to second half to take an 88-60 to win. Manroop Clare scored 21. Jaden Cohey scored 20. Mason Borsier double-doubled with 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. And Grant Shepard nearly double-doubled as well with 14 points and 8 rebounds. Manroop Clare. Wow. He has been exceptional. These past few weeks, he struggled a bit to find his footing on the opening weekend, but since then he's scored at least 20 points in every game. He's also shooting 39% from three and averaging over eight attempts a game. Yeah, Kohi, he's been a bit more up and down lately compared to his backcourt mate, but he scored his 20 points this game on just nine shots and on the season also shooting 39% from deep. And as the team, the Thunderbirds shot 50% from the field held TRU to just 33% and out-rebounded the Wolfpack 52-35. to And Thunderbirds didn't mess around in the second game either, taking the lead from the get-go and never relinquishing it en route to a 98-78 to victory. 
Claire again scored 21. Kohi again scored 20 as and added seven assists. Boursier again double-doubled with 18 points, 10 assists, and five rebounds. And Shepard again had a good all-around line with 16 points, seven rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. The T-Birds found their big four in this game in a big way. Kohi and Claire, and then the two fourth-year transfers. They are the two fourth-year transfers who are fifth and sixth in Canada Western scoring now. And then, of course, Mason Boursier and Grant Shepard, the two the second-year Kelowna natives, both of them showing up in a big way. Shepard has really found his role, I think, on this team, which he wasn't able to do so much in first year. And Boise's really contributed as a playmaker in every stat- statistical category. Yeah, um, Shepard is averaging 14.5 points a game, 8 rebounds, 59% shooting. Um, Borsier, 12 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 4.5 assists on 51% shooting. They're playing well for this team. And uh, the Thunderbirds are now 6 in a row. Uh, they're 7-1, and one in ca- uh, second in Canada West, behind uh, just Calgary. Uh, Calgary that being the team that uh, knocked them out of the Canada West playoffs last season. Um, but they're definitely playing really good basketball right now. Yeah, both men's and women's team have a bye week this week. They next play November 30th and December 1st at home against Mount Royal. The Cougars men's team is currently 4-4, four and four, and the women's team is 2-6. and six. We'll see if the men's team can continue their big winning streak and if the women's team can finally sweep an opponent. And that will wrap it up for basketball. We will take a quick break for ads and PSAs and come right back to here on Thunderbird Eye. Oh my lord, I need a creative outlet. How on earth can I channel everything that's inside of me? You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? Pardon me? Yeah, you can illustrate for Discorder magazine or take photographs of events and artists and they can teach you how to use Photoshop in their media lab. That is so exhilarating. It fills my soul with lightning. Yeah, just email volunteer at CITR.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Are you considering a master's degree? Launch your career with a master's in digital media. It's offered by UBC, SFU, Emily Carr, and BCIT. And you get to work with the industry to learn essential collaboration, leadership, and teamwork skills while building digital media products. Learn more about this at an online webinar on December 6th. For more information, visit the cdm.ca. That is thecdm.ca. After grabbing their first win of the season, the men's volleyball team were on the bye weekend, so we still don't really know what they are. I still don't think they're, you know, as bad as um, they're made out to be. Um, but uh, the women's team was in action. They traveled to Regina to face the Cougars. Um, the first game on Thursday was a back-and-forth affair as UBC took the first two sets, but Regina fought back, winning two of their own, and we went to that uh, fifth and final set. Thunderbirds won that 15-10. Kira Van Rijk dominating once again. She recorded 22 kills, 11 digs, and three blocks on an efficient 283 hitting percentage in she, that first game. She proved game. me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacob uh, mentioned, I'm not sure whether it's on-air or off-air. Yeah, that uh, I think it was on-air yeah, last you, week or maybe you, the week before. You can't rely, the women's team can't rely on Van Rijk putting up sure. 20 kills every game sure but i guess they can <laughs> okay but come on 20 point 20 kills every week that's such a like if she has one off game well, can you imagine the pressure on her shoulders right now well if anyone can do it it's van right that's yeah. true i mean she is a phenom she's a future olympian to say the least but oh, definitely absolutely but still putting that much pressure on one player isn't good but she is getting some help from other players on the court yeah she did struggle at the service line thunderbirds 
did as a team. Van Rijk had six service errors and no aces. That's a rare sight for her. And Thunderbirds as a whole had nine aces to 18 service errors on Thursday. Yeah, uh, Jade Robertson and Tessa Davis both had big games, um, helping out uh, Van Rijk a little bit. Nine kills and four blocks each, um, both with hitting percentages over 400. And Olivia Furlan as well, um, 43 assists, um, 11 digs. She's found her role in oh, that absolutely. setter position. Yeah. I think at the beginning of the season, if you looked at her stat card, I was talking to Jake about this one. She had really distributed stat numbers where she was getting a lot of digs, well, she was playing a middle amount court, of assists, right? right? But she was still the setter for the Thunderbirds, and she was putting up quite a few kills every game. Now it seems she's almost like Alessandra Gentile of last season, Wait. where she stepped back from her offense and really just focused on getting massive amounts of assists. Absolutely, but it is nice to have a setter like um, Gentile that can bring the offense when, when you need it, can get a kill or two from that, um, from that setter position. It's really helpful to have. And she also put up 11 digs for yeah, when that is. So, so she is still contributing, just, I think, less in other categories, which has really more helped her blossom. Her right, exactly, into the, the position that the Thunderbirds need with uh, Jean Tillet, no longer a part of the team. Despite errors at the service line, Thunderbirds overall did well to limit their mistakes when the ball was in play. They hit 235 as a team compared to just 076 for the Regina side. The Thunderbirds took the second match as well, pushing them to uh, 500 uh, on the season, which is, uh, again, a little bit uh, disappointing. for Slightly underwhelming, but they are missing a few key players. They're missing players. Hanley's not there yet. Price, I think, is set to come back soon. Hopefully. It's, it's been soon be for a while. <laughs> right. It has been soon for a while, but that's going to be a big uh, addition when, uh, when she does get back. Um, I still think this team is just as, um, just as good as they were last year um, and can perform at that same level. Um, but yeah, they dropped the first set to the host, but came roaring back and just won three straight um, to uh, pretty pretty easily uh, win the match. They um, they've now won three of their last four, five of their last seven. So they're getting they're getting, def- they're getting they're trending in the right direction for sure. And, you, and for Van Rijk, you know what's better than twenty two kills on Thursday? Twenty three kills on Friday, tied her season high. Also served three aces, and Thunderbirds cleaned up their act at the service line. Had thirteen aces and only seven service errors. For Tessa Davis, the recent transfer, she had another big night as well, putting up a season high fourteen kills along with three digs and four blocks. She's second on the team behind who else but Kira Van Rijk in kills, and she also leads not just the Thunderbirds but all of Canada West. In hitting percentage, her mark, a cool 404 on the season. That's not bad. Furlan also had a pretty good performance herself. Six kills, 47 assists. Again, 13 digs, three aces, and two blocks. Still contributing across the stat boards, but the assists have really picked up for her. She's been the backbone of this team, and over her last four games, she's averaging five kills, 45 assists, 10 digs, four aces, and two blocks a night. She's doing it all. Live Furlan. Wow. <laughs> Even in that uh, much more specialized setter role, she's still able to contribute pretty much everywhere on the court, um, which is a great asset to have. Um, Van Rijk, you know, only averaging 21 kills, <laughs> 21 and a half kills, um, nine digs, four and a half only. aces. Only. Oh, man, Van Rijk. <laughs> really <laughs> underperforming. Need to pick up her game. <laughs> yeah, pick up the slack here, uh, Van Rijk. No, she's she's amazing. Uh, she just got Canada West second star of the week, rightfully so. Had a huge weekend for this team. Um, both the men's and women's teams are hosting their annual Pride Night this coming weekend, which is a great event. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting it live on CITR. Absolutely. 5 p.m. on Saturday. Tune in. Yeah, and as um, they're, they're also going to be playing, uh, we, um, we won't have this one for you, but 12.30 on Friday, um, they are still hosting the uh, University of Saskatchewan Huskies. On the pitch this past weekend, the T-Bird rugby squad took part in a beatdown of the Capilano RFC side. 
who was in the midst of celebrating their 50th year anniversary. It's Congratulations to them. Congratulations. Let's uh, almost drop a 50 burger. Yeah. Just for fun. The final score, 49 <laughs> to 22. Now the Thunderbirds look forward to this week's upcoming and current Canadian University Men's Rugby Championship at UVic, where last year they took home gold at the University of Guelph against the now host, the Vikes, with a championship score of 37-12 in favor of UBC. Last year's tournament high scorer was the Thunderbirds' Theo Sauter, who contributed 41 points to the team, 11 of those coming off of penalty kicks. Yeah, and this year's team entered the tournament 7-2 and two and were actually unbeaten on the road, which is good heading into a tournament they're taking part on the road. And the first game actually happened earlier today at noon Pacific time as the Thunderbirds took on Concordia and destroyed them. 41 to 8. Um, a route? It's, it's, it's kind of a shame, I think, that Theo Sauter is not a Sauter student here at UBC. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is an arts. Um, tomorrow, the birds are going to take on last There's got to be a connection, though. I mean, he has to be. be like, related to the like Right. The, the, There's the no other option. I think we got to get him on Sauter. the show. <laughs> yeah, to have him talk I'm going to look that. into that. All right. Um, tomorrow, the birds are going to take on last year's host, the Guelph Griffins, at noon Pacific. And depending on the outcome of that game, um, they're going to be playing for some hardware, maybe, uh, Saturday and Sunday, based off of their record and point differential. Although this isn't a Legends Cup matchup between UBC and the hosts UVic, it kind of feels like one, even though the turn because the tournament is being played in Victoria. Beyond the trophy, there's a lot of pride at stake here for this year's Canadian University Men's Rugby Championship, and that head-to-head matchup with UVic and UBC, get ready for it if it comes. And after the tournament finishes, Thunderbirds will close their Premier League uh, action for 2018 on December 1st at home against UBCOB Ravens RFC, who they beat earlier this year 25-5. to And looking ahead to this weekend, the UBC swim teams will compete at the Canada West Championships in Calgary. The Thunderbirds women's team has won every Canada West event they've, complete, they've competed at so far this season, while the men that's have called, won... That's called domination. Yeah, and the men, all but one, they play second behind Calgary at the tri-meet in October. Yeah, the uh, women's team has won a casual nine straight Canada West championships, uh, 28 overall in their history. Uh, Calgary has the second most with nine total, so their total matches our 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 streak, which is pretty good. That's pretty bizarre. The men's team doesn't have quite that level of success, but not to knock them, they have... Only, only five straight, five straight Canada only, West championships oh, with 18 overall. It's like Kira Van Rijk, like yeah. only putting up 21 and a half a game. <laughs> man. That's one less than Calgary has, though, the five straight and 18 overall. Uh, UBC will look to equal them here on their own turf. Yeah, and taking a step back to the national picture, U Sports Championships will be coming up soon enough, and both men's and women's swimming teams at UBC are the national leaders for another week. Yeah, so as you mentioned, what we have coming up starts with the uh, Men's Rugby uh, Canadian University Championships, uh, taking on Guelph, as, uh, as we said, and then maybe some uh, medal round later. The uh, Canada West Swimming Championships, again, as you mentioned, get underway on Friday. Um, the uh, men's volleyball against Saskatchewan, including the Pride Night on Saturday and just uh, some regular games, <laughs> some, some non-Pride games on uh, But there will be on Friday. S- still be very there will, prideful. There will be, be a lot of pride. pride. There will be pride. Pride Night adjacent. Pride Night adjacent. <laughs> pride, pride, um... The eloquence of Jake. Thank there you. you go. Yeah, clutch. see, we, we couldn't come up with anything quite as good as that. Uh, women's ice hockey taking on uh, Regina. Um, and that is about it for not, this week. Right. Not, like, there's, there's not, not that much. No football, uh, no soccer. Baseball's been off the ledger for two, three weeks now. Oh, there is there is some uh, men's field hockey club, uh, men's field club hockey. action okay. against Burnaby Lake Field Hockey Club. You know, I want to cover them, but it's so hard to find any information. I, th- there, was the a, there was a guy in my residence in first year who played on that team. 
Um, Ask him about it. I'd be I, interested. I, don't, I, I mean, I think I still have him on Facebook, but I haven't talked to him. It's in, like, a club. It's not an official varsity team, so it's harder to find. I think, yeah, but I, I think I think it's like a pretty high level because I think he was also on like the um, men's uh, like national like junior. Right. Team, that's junior that's team what I know about the men's field hockey team is they had a bunch of people go to the national team to yeah, compete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this, this, maybe maybe this that's guy from my so Theo Sauter, we got to look into him, <laughs> and then men's field hockey. There we go. We'll, we'll do some investigative journalism for y'all. Besides that, thank you for doing the schedule. Also, make sure to tune in this Saturday at 5 p.m. Pride Night. Jake and I will be covering the volleyball action. And with that, thank you for tuning in to CITR 101.9. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports is the handle. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, and Jake with contributions from Liz Wang and Spencer Latu. Listen Wednesdays from 4.30 to 5 p.m. and have a wonderful evening.